Are you looking for a sexy and smelling good candle that is going to set the mood for romance? Well, you've come to the right place because we here at Romance and Color recommend you Glow Girl Candle Company. The candles are amazing. They're eco-friendly, made from coconut soy wax and free of toxins and parabens. They come in amazing, sexy smells like pineapple sage and black raspberry and vanilla that are sure to get you in a sexy and romantic mood. Black woman owned and based out of LA, You Glow Girl Candle Company is the move to set the mood right. Visit them at You Glow Girl Candle Co. Dot com and tell them Romance and Color sent you. Now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance and Color. We are moving right along with our Writing in Color series. Thank you for joining us for every episode that we've had in the series. I've gotten a lot of feedback from you all, and you are really, really enjoying the author interviews. So I'm so grateful that you all are tuning in and listening. Uh, this week, we are talking to the brilliant, the wonderful Canadian romance author, Mimi Grace. Now, full disclosure, I am a Mimi Grace stan, okay? I love Mimi Grace. I love both of her books, and we talk about them along for the ride and make a scene. We talk about her process. We talk about her, what motivates her uh, to write romance books and what got her started in the genre. She's a lovely, wonderful person who has the voice of a Disney princess. <laughs> and so I hope you all sit back and enjoy my interview with the wonderful and talented Mimi Grace. Hello, everyone, and I am here with author Mimi Grace, and we're going to talk like all things writing and all that good stuff <laughs> with romance. Um, first of all, Mimi, let me just get out the way and say I'm a stan. I stand oh. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I stand so you. <laughs> I read. I read along for the ride and make a scene. Both of them in like a day oh, when yeah. they came out. Um, and so I just love you. I love the way you write, oh, and I feel you. like we have so much in common. I think I followed you for a while on social media, uh, here and there. And so I was like, oh my god, I feel like we have so much in common. But oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was like, okay, she's my friend in my head, so I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like stand for her or whatever. But yeah, I absolutely love love your writing and everything. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and you know how you got started in the uh, romance uh, genre. Uh, of writing um so yeah I'm as you said I'm Mimi Grace uh <laughs> well I, I started reading romance when I was a teen so mm -hmm. but I, I used to live in a really small town and the only I, and my parents would force my sibling and I to read during the summer breaks and <laughs> and I could not do it like I was like no I'm, I'm good I, I would for like I would have to sit there for 30 minutes and I would just skim. And I remember like a family friend had a romance book in her car. Mm. And, and I, I just picked it up and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this. I wasn't planning on actually reading the book. The cover was boring. <laughs> it looked, it was just like, it was like really 90s cover. Mm -hmm. I read it and I was, and I finished it and I was like, oh, my life has changed. This is, I can, I can read it. <laughs> so Do you I remember, started, you remember what book it was? 
Yeah, it was called um, Sophie's Heart by Lori Wick. It's mm. a Christian romance. Okay. And uh, it's funny because, like, as I said, I was I lived in the small town. So I mm. the only stores there was like a Christian bookstore and the small library. <laughs> so, mm. I, and I think that's why I got disillusioned with um, romance as a genre and as a whole because at the time I didn't know like there was no Amazon like Kindle ebook thing to go read so that's all I knew and I, I got tired of reading about white people <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm done with this genre <laughs> and I couldn't even really voice it but I just knew at one point when I read a book where the heroine was like I think it was like one sixteenth or so like a weird fraction she was like once think black or something like that. And I felt represented. I was like, oh, I, I need to go. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm feeling represented by a 116th oh, white man. passing heroine in the historical who's really ashamed about being black. So, <laughs> oh, but yeah, goodness. that's how it kind of started for me. But then I came back to it later and, you know, was mm. reading more diversely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And professionally, have you always kind of set out to be a writer or or like in your quote unquote real life, you yeah. know, have you, how do you balance like being a writer and if you have a secondary job or something like that, how do you balance both of those things? Um, so I've always written and I've always loved reading and everything, but I didn't, I don't, I think it was like one of those um, career paths you never really think about setting out to do like you don't really know the a b c steps of doing Mm -hmm. so you kind of like yeah it would be cool to write it'd be kind of cool to do this but you don't really think about it but i as i said i just always wrote and i when you i mostly short stories Mm -hmm. but eventually because again i started reading romance again i was like oh my god i remember why i love this genre and i i want to write it and so i just write in the evenings in the mornings on my phone, <laughs> wherever mm. I can a moment, I would just write. So it was never really a, um, like, oh, I'm, I'm setting out to do this. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And then I met um, some people from my local RWA chapter who mm. were self-published. And I was like, and, I, and it kind of opened a new door mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's kind of where... I came in and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. wow! And it's so funny. You were talking about like to go back and you were talking about seeing this heroine who was like one sixteenth black. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. I just feel so represented. <laughs> I feel so represented. I love the fact that in your, in the two novels that I've read from you, the women are very much, they don't just seem like characters who happen to be black. You know what I mean? I, I, they feel like black women who are actively, you know what I'm saying, proud to be black, have these, you know, experiences as black women professionally, personally, so on and so forth. And they're just not, they just don't happen to be black. I think that's why I connected with, you know, your two, the two um, novels that you have out now. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, oh my God, I, yeah, yeah, I can, I can so relate to the, <laughs> We'll talk about them individually a little bit later, but I was just like, yes, I, I totally relate to them as, you know, writing. Yeah. So as being black and, 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 and the characters that you just kind of created. So speaking yeah. of which culturally, how important is it for you to mm-hmm. write 
black women particularly in romance with everything that's going on with diversity and so forth how important is it to you to write black women that are you know seeing visible not just like a secondary character yeah i never want anyone to read my books and forget that my characters are <laughs> black mm-hmm. but i never want someone to be like oh yeah or like you know you put the random you know her brown skin it's like oh yeah she's black i never want someone to like come up you know, you know forget it um and i i think it's important because we're here that's what i i want to read i <laughs> i want to see black women in in media so it's to me it's just important like i think you know i'm an adult now so i don't really um you know i think representation is very important for like children you know in terms of like self-esteem building so i don't Mm -hmm. really necessarily look for representation for esteem building but i do want like it's i just want to be reflected because it's you know it's interesting it's my life it's 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 who you know i have black women around me i want to see our stories told in every medium so um that's why it's important to me so yeah 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 and I, I can tell you have you take your time you care you care about like kind of the world that they're living in who they're surrounded around you know the friends they have in their life there's so much diversity mm-hmm. within you know um the cast of characters that you create you know you have queer you know a queer couple and along for the ride you know you have you know uppity black folks and make a scene <laughs> <laughs> uppity black folks and make a, that's all I can describe I was like, yeah no they really are. <laughs> <laughs> and make a scene you know what I'm saying it's just such a div- and then you know for you to also bring in uh uh Tongan character in Along for the Ride with Chasing. I was just like, okay, she's got the basis covered here. I, I, I'm digging <laughs> this. I'm really, really digging this. So um, I know you say you got involved in your RWA and it kind of gave you the impetus to be independent. Were you always set out to be, go and be an independent writer versus maybe the traditional publishing route? Honestly, I didn't even, like the concept of being indie I don't think I really like grasped it <laughs> like, mm-hmm. as, as, because I, even though I still, I read, I know I read indie authors, but I don't think I looked behind the curtain and said, how did, how did this book come to be? Um, it was just, oh, this book is here. I'm going to read it. I don't really care how, like which publisher or that only honestly came, like even understanding like which publish, uh, like, um, publishing houses, publishing what book only came mm-hmm. after I, you know, entered the industry. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know, you know, Berkeley Romance or, you know, Harlequin. Like I knew the names, but I didn't really, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I think, I, I, I think I assumed that I would be going traditional, but then mm-hmm. as I said, if when, once I met people who were doing it and like doing it full time too, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I, let me do and I'm also kind of like a control freak <laughs> so I was like mm-hmm. oh this is, this is perfect for my kind of person my personality so <laughs> let me go with this route mm-hmm. so, so the, the control freaking you is the one who like pushed you more toward, <laughs> yeah. toward the indie, indie publishing <laughs> you're like look I want it on my my way I want to put these books out when I want to put them out I, I feel you 100%. I feel you and I absolutely love also the covers of your books oh, thank you. um I know you credited the um 
I think it's escaping me right now. Is it Lainey? Lenny Kaufman. Lenny, Lenny Kaufman. Like she, I feel like she just captured your characters like to a T um, in the novels. And I was like, don't, and that's kind of what attracted me to your work in the first place is when I saw the covers of the books. And I was like, oh, okay, these are clearly people of color on these books, yeah. okay? <laughs> you know, it's not like, a, oh, it, maybe if I squint a little bit, maybe yeah. they're, you know, black. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, right. But um, I was like, okay, these are clear, but she, she does a wonderful job with, her, yeah. um, with your cover. So you're deeply invested in, like, as an indie author, in the covers, in the editing. Um, what's the hardest part for you as an indie author, like, with getting you know putting together your book after it's edited after everything's done what's the hardest part for you um I think so like not including the writing editing and all that <laughs> right. well the writing uh, is the hardest part yeah <laughs> yeah after all uh, after yeah. that piece of cake is done yeah <laughs> I think it's honestly just putting yourself out there mm. um I you know, it's always funny to being being online and seeing people talk about imposter syndrome because I don't I, I never thought of myself as someone who would feel that I'm like, no, I'm here. I'm going to do what I, I'm doing and I don't really care. But I think my um, I guess if you want to call it imposter syndrome, it kind of manifests in that um, nervousness to put myself out there and say, hey, I have a book or, oh, I know because I have to push myself to promote my projects. Mm. And so. I think that's the hardest part for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You seem like a, a generally kind of laid back person. So I don't I know. I don't know. Because, <laughs> you know, so much of it's like self-promotion. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know. You're like, okay, I got it. I got it. You know, hey, buy my book. Hey, I'm yeah. out here. Hey, hey. That's, that's, a, that's what I see. I feel like a lot of indie um, <laughs> I'm not saying you're like that. But I'm saying no. a lot of, a lot of in, in the work of indie indie writers is to do that you know what I mean yeah. like it's to be like a cheerleader for yourself and yeah. then when you're a laid back person it's kind of like oh how to how am I you know how am I this big cheerleader for myself you know and, you know how do I get folks to you know how do I try to appeal to this broad audience when I'm writing you know work that's clearly you know steeped in all these cultural nuances and things mm -hmm. like that you know um has that been difficult for you in any type of way um, you know, trying to self-promote or try, trying to, you know, appeal, not necessarily appeal to a broader audience, but get a lot of folks to read your book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I always say, like, if only Black women read my books, I would be so happy. Like, it's, mm. it's, it really is that simple to me. And so whoever else comes along, you know, I welcome them and I'm grateful. But um, I don't ever want to I think in, I, I will say like in my first book, I, there was a bit of um, a sense of like, oh, I'm, I, I'm going to be writing like white people may be reading this, mm -hmm. but I've really, really tried with like the second book in the book that is, is going to come out next to not even mm -hmm. like think about that. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, no, like I just, I write what I write. I write for a specific you know audience mm -hmm. and I promote it in a way that I feel is authentic to what you know the contents of the book and mm -hmm. if you connect you connect if you don't then you know there are mm -hmm. other thousands of authors out there that you can read and that's mm -hmm. like how I approach it 
that's awesome. I love that you're like, you know, just unapologetic about, you know, the audience and who you're writing for and, yeah. you know, who you're, you know, basically pitching these books to, to in a sense, because, you know, sometimes I think a lot of pressure is for me as a newbie writer who's not published yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of pressure, there's a lot of pressure to conform mm-hmm. to or appeal to quote unquote a broader audience you know tone down some of the black stuff you know mm-hmm. don't put too much of your quote-unquote cultural um significance or, or or nuances in a book and i think it's awesome that you're just like no these books are for black women if you like them you like them if you don't you don't you know. so I, I definitely appreciate that and i don't so, think i'm like the only one like i think there are lots yeah. like a lot of the indie black romance writers mm-hmm. don't get yeah. Okay. Wait. Can I? Can I swear? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. We cuss on here. Okay. Cool. Great. <laughs> they don't give a shit about anything. Like any of like this. You know, because there's always like these two conversations that are always happening online that kind of feel divorced from maybe like the black indie space. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like really traditional published conversations, and I always, you know, and I feel there's a there's sometimes like a disconnect and there's sometimes like a separation with the two worlds mm-hmm. um but yeah no i there's no i think it's also if you dilute it either way like if you dilute it to fit or if you're not even authentic to what you are what your voice or what you like your audience i think you, you just end up not engaging or connecting with anyone in any true meaningful way mm-hmm. so i just yeah just do just do you and whatever happens happens mm-hmm. um and because there's there's so many you know writers and authors who ha- are very specific but um they still have a you know like i think beverly jenkins i think of like christina c jones i think mm-hmm. all have very specific voices and you know predominantly black audiences but they're still successful i think right you know we tend to think that you need white people or white readers in order to you know make a difference or be impactful but I reject that (laughs) yes reject it (laughs) yes yes so I know you mentioned briefly about joining other RW joining the RWA where you Mm -hmm. are um how has kind of RWA and um writing groups and things like that helped you with your writing do you have like a group of folks that you lean on like for maybe mentorship or guidance or anything like that i'll be honest i i am not i'm no longer part of rwa after mm-hmm. the whole uh courtney milan mm-hmm. moment they had in 2019 i think it was mm-hmm. i i was like oh no i'm good um but yeah no i met some really great people from my local chapter and we still have even after we you know left the chapter we formed a little group so we have like a Facebook group and you know when it wasn't a pandemic (laughs) we hung out and we had like um you know sort of like writer meetups and so it was yeah so they've been really great very supportive and um I think, yeah, I think it's always great to find a community that you can be vulnerable with. I think, you know, you can start, you can stress with them, you can rant, you can, (laughs) you can bounce off ideas, you can ask questions. So, and especially if you have like varying experiences in the group, it's Mm -hmm. always great. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And has has that group like when you have times where you have like writer's block or you can't get through? Mm-hmm. Um, has that group of like other writers like kind of pushed you through that, or do you find other ways to kind of cope through the times when it gets really tough and you can't like get through like a block or something like that when you're writing? Mm-hmm. Well, my friend Kelly, <laughs> she knows. <laughs> like I just called her like last week. I was like, "Girl, help me. <laughs> I'm struggling." So like, yeah, they're, they're instrumental in helping me like get through, you know, writer's block or, um, you know, brainstorm something that I'm kind of like mm-hmm. ideas, but also like, I, I think that usually with writer's block, I, I just have to think it through. Um, mm-hmm. And I usually can untangle what I'm doing or like where I am. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your your work. So let's mm-hmm. talk about the first book, Alone for the Ride. Um, so you have Jolene and Jason and these kind of enemies to lovers. There was like all the tropes, enemies to lovers. <laughs> they're sharing one bed. It was so angsty. There was like a little mystery going on. It was a lot. <laughs> but, I loved, but I loved that. And I'm not saying it in a bad way. Totally yeah, no, no, it. no. I got it. So what was kind of the inspiration for that? Or, or um, you know, particularly, I felt like you also had a lot of, did a lot of research, or maybe perhaps you're very familiar with Tongan culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was kind of the impetus behind that book and the inspiration behind that book and the characters? Um, so usually with stories, I come up with, you know, the premise first. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I would, I love road trip romances love them mm. i'm literally going to write another one <laughs> like i haven't planned out like for a couple books ahead but yeah i love road trip romances and so i was like okay i want to you know do one I, so i literally just picked like a couple um tropes that i wanted to explore and then right. through that i asked myself like what kind of characters would um be the worst like the the least suited for this adventure so some that, that would create conflict <laughs> so, mm. so someone is a little bit you know type a who's really you know um you know follows the rules and then someone who's a little bit more wild and spontaneous so i was like okay those two people being on a road trip together create conflict yeah so that's that's kind of how i think about characters and like the plot and then in terms of like you know um him being tongan like i just i I think i was watching what was i um there's a tv show called spartacus it's Mm -hmm. it's uh, they they have a um one of the actors Manu Bennett. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's I think I'm pretty sure he's Maori, but he's not he's not Tongan. But um yeah, I just like liked his look, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make my hero. <laughs> I'm gonna make my hero, um, you know, uh, Polynesian. So I, mm-hmm. I and Tonga like Tongan um, culture. I grew up in an area where I had a lot of like a few Tongan families, so mm-hmm. I was kind of familiar with the culture. Mm. Not like, you know, too, too much. Like I wasn't like a part of their family or anything. So like I had to do a little bit of research, but yeah. So that's why I picked a Tongan hero. And then. See, here I was thinking you, you picked a Tongan because of the oiled up dude on the, in the Olympics who was Tongan. See, that's that's what my mind was. (laughs) I totally remember him though. I totally remember him. That's what my mind was. I said, yeah, that's why she picked a Tongan dude. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, my mind was already there, all the everything. I know, I know, I know. It's bad, bad me. Uh, but I really connected with Jolene in a sense that kind of she she's like a person who's really headstrong, and you know everybody kind of like you know doubts her abilities to do things. But in the end, she kind of proves them wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, for her talents to kind of be overlooked. Um, I, I really couldn't. I, really, I don't know that the subplot of her at work. I just really, really connected with that for some reason. Um, and I also like the fact that, you know, these two people seem so, like, bad on paper together. But they just work. <laughs> They just yeah. work, and I absolutely love the fact that his 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 mother and aunt had a podcast. <laughs> I love the fact that about just, somebody who has a podcast. I was, yeah. I, was like, I wonder what a little old lady podcast was sound like. I'm not, I'm not heard one, but I was just totally yeah. tickled by that. So it was just so many good parts of the book. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's listening. Um, but please just go out and, and read it. But I think I read them. I read them out of order. I think I read Make a Scene first, and then I went back and read Along for the Ride. So Make a Scene. Make a Scene. They're not really connected, so it's not really a big deal that you read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they're for anybody listening. They are standalone. So yes. So the fact that this what is so appealing about bakers? What is it about baking and and this and baking that us romance writers just love I, yeah. I'm, I'm always i'm always trying to figure that out because i think there's there's at least one book a month that comes out yeah. with somebody who's a baker or baking or if you're watching hallmark there's somebody yeah. who's owning a bakery buying a bakery yeah the bakery's about to be taken over by a factory something with a baker you know what i mean yeah. what i think maybe something to do with sweetness and sugary sweet things that kind of lead to like euphoria and happiness that's my that's my that's just my yeah going on there I think I I think that's accurate like I think it's the the maybe like there's like an eroticism with food but then you don't like it's not going to be like a meat shop you know what I mean like that's not like a butcher yeah and I'm thinking you can have like a butcher but it's a different type of story like you're not you know you know salami essentially like that's kind of gross so so it's I think the sweetness of it, the 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 fact that it takes a lot of time, that it's right, kind geez. of like a labor of love, you know, you can do it with the partner. Like it's it's, mm-hmm. I think it's all of that kind of um, the 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 intimacy of baking. I guess you know the how you have to be hands on with it mm-hmm. that lends itself to the genre. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I think you know somebody loves you when they yeah. bake you something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They can yeah. fix you a meal and everything. And that's cool. But when they take the time to bake you something, because baking is such a science, you know they mm-hmm. really love and care about you. But I just love Retta and, and Duncan. They were just like perfect yeah. together. And this whole crazy scenario of her, well, it's not that crazy. Of her cousin, you know, being engaged to her ex. I was telling a friend, um, and I know my family's not listening to this. I don't really care. (laughs) But um, I was telling a friend of mine, my mom dated a guy for quite some time. My mom has passed since passed away. Mm -hmm. But um, she dated a guy in her 
20s from for mm-hmm. a couple of years before she met my dad and you know they were still friends they didn't work out or whatever but then her sister turned around and dated the same guy mm-hmm. and my mother still never got over that and my mother you know was well into her 60s when she passed away but she never got over that she was like that was a betrayal that I just would never forgive mm-hmm. and I was like well but you know everybody was telling her you know blood is thicker than water you know you should you know forgive your sister but I'm thinking to myself uh uh-uh, uh if it's toxic it's toxic girl you don't need to you don't need to forgive them but I love the fact that um Retta and her uh, cousin, oh my gosh, Irene, I, Irene, um, yeah. Irene were kind of able to sort of mend their fences yeah. in a way, because I guess she sort of saw the vulnerability in Irene mm-hmm. um, and kind of why she was so pressed to get married, yeah. you know, um, and that in a lot of ways, Retta was was you know a fully established whole person you know what I mean she didn't really need somebody but on the other hand Irene you know sort of felt like you know I don't have a lot going on so on and so forth I kind of need this person you know in my life um Mm -hmm. which is kind of the feeling that I got again I don't want to spoil it for anybody because the book is so dang good Mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, there are a lot of hot scenes in a gym (laughs) in a gym so that's it <laughs> scenes in a gym I love the fact that he just was so easy um Duncan was so easy to like you know yeah have this whole fake dating scheme you know uh, again another trope we just yeah. love dating um scheme you know go along with the scheme with her honestly I think he would have done it anyway because he was yeah. so enamored by her you know he just loved her you know going in there and, and, and you know getting sweets and stuff like that yeah. um, so it was just it's just so I just loved it it just warmed me inside to read this story about this you know and then she had a group of friends and you know he had his friend his partner who you know he he had this um, gym with and I, like I told you on on Twitter, I'm like girl, you left me hanging, girl. Where where's the book? <laughs> <laughs> I read the end. I was like, wait a minute now. What's coming? Where, where, where is it? Where is it? So that brings me to the next. Say, what are you working on now? And you know, what can we see from you next? Um. So yeah, it will be. So Anthony was introduced in Make a Scene, and his book is next. His love interest is. Uh, Duncan's sister Gwen mm-hmm. so they have a whole thing going uh, it's called well, What a Match um, and it, it, it's going to start off a series of books that are kind of interconnected so I'm very excited for it loving this, loving this. so this is this going to be like your first sort of series that you're working on yeah like yeah because I I never thought about like working in series, but one of the things about indie is that everyone has a series. <laughs> That's true. Mm. So, like, oh, I need a series. <laughs> and mm. so I was going to have it like a standalone for those two, you know, the illustrated covers for just standalone rom coms. But then I realized while I was writing Make a Scene that these two characters are like in, you know, they're there. And I'm like, oh, they're interacting. This is like clearly sequel bait. Like, I can make mm-hmm. this. I can make them the next couple. Mm, so. You got me because it was total sequel bait. I, yeah. at the, I was at the end of that book was like, girl, wait, 
what, 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 what about them? And I was like, I was like, clearly they like each other. What yeah. is this? So yeah, I was like, I was bad. But I, 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 I remember I, I finished the book and I immediately went to Twitter. I was like, girl, where is the book? <laughs> like, girl, where is it? You was like, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming. I, was like, oh. I was like, okay, okay, I'm fine. And I, I can wait. I can wait. Thank can you. Wait. So that's kicking off a series of books yeah. of, of books. That's awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, are we going to see any other recurring characters from previous um, books or, or, or no? You will. So like definitely in um, What a Match, you'll see Retta and Duncan mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then in the next book, which is going to be Nia's. So if you remember, she was like the curvy friend, fashion girl. of uh, She's Retta's friend. She's right, right. I remember. And then, mm-hmm. So she will have she'll be in the second one, and mm. um, and then yeah, like uh, I, ha- I have other ones planned, but okay, well, you don't have to give it away. You don't have to give it away. You don't. Have it's to funny give it away. that I wouldn't give it away. Like I would literally tell you off, you know, if you stop recording. But it's just <laughs> oh, like one oh, of the sure. things about yeah. But the thing about um, indie is like I change my my thoughts. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be a thing, and then I decide no, that's not gonna be a thing. So I I tend not to speak on things until I'm, like, I'm sure sure. But that's the beauty in the in, in, of of being independent. You can just change yeah. your mind at any time, which is which is wonderful. Like you know, <laughs> when you're agented and you're on these or, or with a house and you're on these timetables, and like, no, we expected this book. Yeah. What is this? You know, this ain't yeah. what you sold us. You know, yeah. you're, like you're selling them a false, you know, bill of goods or whatever. Um, but luckily, yeah. But luckily, with with being independent, um, you're able to just you know give the people basically give the people what they want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they want and you're able to give your characters room to breathe and grow and develop and you're able to develop these new appealing characters um, if you want to or play off old ones it's just it's just so much you know freedom in doing that um what are what's some advice you have for like people who are aspiring writers who want to jump into this world of romance writing or somebody like me who's a newbie who's still out here querying and and writing and 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 trying to get my work heard and Mm -hmm. seen you know what's some advice you have um i would say focus on yourself (laughs) i think you know in this you in this industry especially if you're very online it's very easy to see, every, you know, everyone's having, you know, every day someone's getting agented, someone's getting right. a book deal, someone's getting option for, you know, a movie, someone's releasing 30, you know, their 30th book, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that indie is releasing their second book this month. So mm-hmm. you, it's very easy to get um, down on yourself. It's easy to, you know, mm-hmm. do the comparison game. And I think the best use of your time is just to you know spend writing and you know building community but not obsessing or comparing because you know you can't you can't reverse engineer success or you can't like look at someone and be like okay this is how they did it let me you know copy them exactly mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll be where they are mm-hmm. so I think just focusing on yourself um writing doing you know doing the best you can with what you have and 
I, that's what else can you do? Like you, you, right. you, the rest is up to like fate and you know the universe. So like you can't really do anything, do much else. Right, because like uh, yeah, because like they say, you know, comparison is like the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to, um, and I know for me, just being fully transparent here, you know. I, you know, I had a period where I was getting rejection after rejection mm-hmm. and I just, you know, fell into this deep, deep depression. I'm like, you know, I'm 42 years old. Why am I still doing this? Mm-hmm. Why am I, why am I even trying? You know, nobody wants to read this, blah, blah. And, you know, friends around me were getting deals. Friends around me were getting agents. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, why am I doing this? And then, um, a little blurb came across my, my Instagram was like, you know, I think it was, I think it was Denise Williams, um, who wrote, um, what was she write? Uh, what did she just write? You know what I'm talking about though. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why my head is, my, my, my head is blanking. Um, but she says, you know, don't stop writing. Basically somebody out here wants to read your story. Somebody out mm-hmm. here wants to connect with those characters, you know, somebody out here wants to um how to fail it flirty that just came to me <laughs> how to yeah. fail it flirty. um you know somebody wants to um you know read your project somebody wants to represent you somebody you know just keep going and I think for me that was like the moment it was like okay you gotta you know it's cool to be depressed because I, I was down for a while mm-hmm. and um I was like, it's cool to be depressed. It's cool to work through those feelings. But eventually you got to dust yourself off and just, you know, work through that and and get back to work because somebody mm-hmm. out here wants to read it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're and so also, right. like, the idea that, like, even age, I, I know, like, you know, we, we live in a culture that's, like, youth-centric and obsessed, but mm-hmm. it's, like, whatever. Like, if 40, 50, 60, like, it's whatever. If As long as you're alive and able right. to do what you want to do then you can right do so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and speaking of speaking of kind of working as a writer and, and and being alive what are what are some things that you do outside of writing that kind of like spark joy and inspiration for you um in those times when they're like tough like hey I need to walk away from from writing I need to you know do something else I know you said you like reality tv and dating shows yeah. girl so we, we, <laughs> we, we got that in common so what else what else do you like to kind of you know hey I need to walk away from this I need to just clear my mind what yeah. do you do outside of that to 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 take you out of um, that and then get back to the writing I I'm trying to think of the hobbies that I had before the pandemic I'm like <laughs> what <do I> do? <laughs> I, I really love, you know, movies and television. I love, um, I started calligraphy last year and this was before the pandemic. So it wasn't even like I, it was like a pandemic hobby that I picked up. It was, mm-hmm. I, I was in January, I was like, I want to just start something January, 2020. I was like, I want to start something. And I decided on calligraphy. So I've been doing that for more than a year and I'm pretty good at it. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah so like movies uh i've been really on like this korean uh, thriller action binge right now mm. uh, reading obviously uh, going out when i was able to go out <laughs> was a great thing for me like just like hanging out at you know different venues or like, i loved going to live music mm. 
so um that's been sad <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, do too. I, I really miss going to a good concert mm. like even like the mediocre one like i because let me <laughs> <laughs> let me not be shady but like i have like friends of friends who are in bands and so like i would i would go to like wa- watch them like oh this sucks but i i love being around people i love the cheap beer like it's all yeah great. yeah yeah just the, just the camaraderie in the atmosphere yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i love that too um what was i gonna ask before um all right, so this is the fun part of the of the, of the um podcast. It's all we, it's like oh thank you. <laughs> um, but um, where we talk about give you some like in the actor studio type questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your favorite book as a kid? Um, I have I have to say Anna Green Gables as a Canadian, so I'll say Anna Green Gables. <laughs> Um, there was also this book by um, Debbie Allen called Dancing in the Wings that I was obsessed with. Oh, I love that book. I bought that for my daughter. I love it. Like, I was like, oh, I can be a ballerina. It's okay. But I'm like, not like I have not, I do not have a ballerina like um, physique. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to be a ballerina. Um, yeah, so I think those are the, uh, the two I can remember. Mm-hmm. And do you like writing like heroes or like villains? Although I don't really see any villains, so to speak, in your books. But yeah, I had like yeah, I had like one semi-villain, like the that asshole in um Along for the Ride. But yeah, I like writing heroes. I think I I do I do love reading about villains. I love watching villains, and like I love unrepentant, you know villainess like like bitches like who just are mean <laughs> for no reason. I love it. I just love it. Yeah. Like there's no girl power here. It's just like we hate everybody. Like I love it. That's so. like all, all about self and I hate you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so okay, sort of related to this. The types of male characters you like to write. Mm-hmm. I would say they're more cinnamon roly. Are you are you attracted to more cinnamon roll type guys or like alphas? In real life or in my books? Oh, girl, we ain't gonna say real life, but in your books. <laughs> I was like, okay. In your books. <laughs> we can talk about in your books, creating them in your books, which is fun, which is more, which is fun for you. Yeah, it's more fun to think or... about them uh, in books. Um, I think I like the more gentle, the more interesting, you know, the cinnamon roll, like the mm-hmm. who are very precious, who are. Um, I think writing the I, I like writing the kind of um, confident like the Duncans like I think it's really easy and interesting okay. to write the ones who flirt easily who who know how to you know pick up a conversation who have the right things to say I, I really enjoy writing them like the ones because right now I'm writing someone who's a little bit more you know who's grumpier and even like um, Jason was grumpier. Mm-hmm. Those ones I find a little bit um, tougher to write only because it's like they give you nothing. (laughs) They're (laughs) not going to flirt. They're not going to say that thing that, you know, a Duncan's of the literary world would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's like pulling teeth trying to get them to even talk 
talk to you. Whereas, like, be vulnerable. Like, yeah, be vulnerable. Whereas, you know, they might have like more of a quieter confidence about themselves mm-hmm. than, than somebody else. I get that. So do you like writing love scenes or dramatic arguments? Uh, definitely arguments. Uh, <laughs> no, look, I find love scenes so, you know, they, they're like, they're the type of things that you have to just go really slow with. Mm-hmm. And I had to be like in the right headspace. Like arguments I can, you know, I can fight, you know, let's go. Like like any moment, but like with love scenes, I had to be like, okay, now to like get into the head zone. I had to like sit down. I had to like think about it. I have to, you can't and you there's so many ways to like mess up a love scene. Like you say the wrong word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it messes up the mood. The reader's like, what? Why did she use that word? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I know you say you love movies, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Is there a best like book to movie version mm-hmm. you've seen? What do you think the best one has been? If if there is one to you, it's kind of hard to translate books to movies. It is. Um, I I was thinking I actually haven't ever read the sh- the short story that it's based on, but I remember people loving. I think it was Annihilation. So the movie, like, I loved the movie, but mm-hmm. I, I've heard really great things about the short, I think it's the short story. Um, so I would pick that, but I, I can't say for sure because I've never actually read the short story. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Um, do you have a favorite place you like to write? Um, I tend to just write wherever like I, I'm not really precious about where I write, so I'll write in bed, I'll write at a desk, I'll write on the floor, I'll write on the couch, mm-hmm. wherever I feel like it at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I you say you like to write on your phone sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, so. take notes on your phone. Yeah. yeah. So, do you read or do not read your book reviews? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no! Like, I, I think my first book, I was like. I, I think the first time I got like a, and it wasn't even like a bad one. It was like a mildly critical one. I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> give me a moment. <laughs> so from like that day on, I was like, you know what? I'm good, I think. And, you know, it's, it's, you, we all come to books with feelings or baggage, not even, like, not even in a bad way, just like different things. You know, you might have read three books that have the same trope as my book and then you come to mine you're like this sucks you know like just different <laughs> things influence how you come to books and so like I don't I, I don't take it personally even though I do take it personally mm-hmm. but I don't take it personally in the sense that it's fine it's not it's not the, it's a book you know what I mean like it's not the end right. of the world it's not who I am it's it's a product that I've you know I, I there's a love put into it but when I once I give it out and you know put it out there it's it's fine it's not that big of a deal I forgot who I was talking to last, but they were like, when I asked that question, they were like, oh, absolutely. I read my, my <laughs> reviews. And I was like, girl, like, I, I can't, I can't do it. I forgot. Who but I was like, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. No. She's like, I want to know what the, what's on the reader's minds. And I was like, mm. that's between them and, the, you know, like their mind. Like, it's not my business. <laughs> like, like, I just wrote it. It's not my business. <laughs> so what's the last romance novel that you read? I just started um, the Naomi Simone's recent one, the the Road to Ro- 
Rosebud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I had to stop because I'm like I need to finish. <laughs> I, I had to. I have like some projects and like I need to finish this book that I'm that I, that's supposed to come out. <laughs> and I was like I need, and it, it felt like one of those books that that I would stay up all night. Reading. Yes, it is. It is. I'm glad you stopped. Yeah, I, I, it is. <laughs> I saw how the hero and the heroine were interacting. I was like, wait. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a pregnant, and he's you know he's he has a lot of damage. Like he's he's a widower, and you know he his child died. I was like, oh no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. A it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you might need a, a weekend for that one yeah. <laughs> to get back into that. So, do do you like have a playlist when you like create characters or playlists um, for your books or your or? or whatever you're working on or do you listen to music while you're um writing um i don't listen to music while i'm writing because i as i love music so what will happen is i'll just start singing and even instrumentals (laughs) (laughs) like even like soundtracks or instrumentals i'll eventually learn you know the melody and i'll start humming it so it's it's Mm -hmm. not a good um um, way for me to write but i do listen this is very weird but I'll listen to a metronome. <laughs> so like um so the for those who don't know, it's like one of those like tick tick tick, you know, if yeah, for yeah. Um, rhythm or piano or whatever, I'll just put it at sixty-five beats per minute. <laughs> mm. And I'll listen to it while I'm right. I don't know what it is. It's it calms me, it gets me in a rhythm and I yeah. I was gonna so. say it must pace you too while you're writing when to hear that kind of yeah the, the, the metronome beat to, yeah. i would think it would pace me uh I, shoot i might have to try that myself and yeah. see if it helps me, helps me with my writing most times i put on music and i don't get lost in the music um but like when i write a sex scene i have to have on like some sexy music yeah um so i was like i have to listen to some sexy music. maybe i should try the i'll try your approach yeah, <laughs> and see if that works um do you have a favorite word you use in your writing Ooh. Um, that's a that's an interesting question. Hold on, let me think. Um, <laughs> I know, like, I have crutch words, but they're not really ne- they're not necessarily like my favorite words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about the word bloom, but like, I I, I think maybe because I just wrote, I, I was trying to like figure out how to put it in a sentence. Just a couple minutes before we started but the uh, you know i love the idea of like like heat blooming in the chest or like um mm. smile bloomed on her face or something like the mm. blooming I, I i like the word bloom <laughs> that's a good word i agree yeah. that's a good word is there a book out there that you wish you would have written or no i think that's so if i think of like that i think that gets you a little sad but uh <laughs> You're like, I wish I wrote. No, I, I appreciate. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I try not to think of it in that way. Um, there are just some really great writers who, who do. Yeah, no, I don't, I know, I don't have one that I wish I did, <laughs> but <laughs> like, I think that just makes you say, you're like, oh, I wish I, no, no, like, they're, they're writers who I admire and who write really well, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'd be healthy for me to start. Because <laughs> then it starts becoming the whole comparison thing. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, okay, here's a fun one since you love movies. Mm-hmm. If your book became a movie, who would you want to play the lead? I- any of your books? Um, 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 for Duncan, maybe like an Aldous Hodge or... Yeah. Or what? I don't know his name. I didn't watch Bridgerton, but I, I've seen his photos. He was the dark-skinned one, the boxer. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I and someone on Instagram was like, "Oh yeah, like he looked." I imagined this actor. I can't remember the actor, but yeah. And I was like, and I looked up his photo, and I was like, "Yeah, huh, yeah, <laughs> I agree." <laughs> and for heroin, um, oh, what is her name? She was on How to Get Away with Murder. Um, um, like three oh names. God. It's like uh, Na- Naomi. No, yeah, Naomi King. Asian Naomi King. Yeah, yes, Asian Naomi King. I, I think mm-hmm. she would be maybe a, um, Aretta or and then for like Jolene. I based Jolene off of like one of the. Uh, I think her name is Precious. She's like a, a plus size model on. Mm-hmm. on instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> but i based her on that so if she wanted to act <laughs> yeah precious yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know any tongan dudes i don't um, know like the oiled up tongan dude that's yeah, like, <laughs> you just have to come out and you're, you're not an athlete, athlete anymore <laughs> you're, you're, a, athlete. you're a dentist <laughs> totally totally if my dentist was all good looking i'd be like i don't want you in my mouth like that like, no. <laughs> no 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 um but those are all good picks where do you see romance going in the next decade like oh. with some trends you see mm. in a positive or negative direction with romance in the next decade um I think it will continue to gain popularity, like mainstream popularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I think we'll see more diversity. I know that's such like a vague term, like you know, more diversity. But I think you know we're seeing a lot of efforts, you know, put into like queer uh, romances. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I I think. We'll see. I think even like um, we'll have more, you know, trans characters. We'll have more non-binary characters. I think. I just think we'll just have. Mm. Just we'll see more of a representation of our world in romance. Uh, I, mm. I I don't know if it will happen with the traditional publishers, but I think you'll just see more of writers popping up as indies, at the very least. <laughs> you know, right. coming out, you right. know, to show because yeah, you know, we talk about gatekeeping and you know the industry it's always slower than what the people want so yeah i think we'll just see more of that uh but in terms of like specific trends i don't know i i think you know what i would love to see more vampires i think vampires and paranormal are coming back yeah, they're definitely <laughs> like, coming back yeah so i think we'll probably I like see, to see more i like to see more black paranormal and vampires you know yes 
yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter, I forgot who it was, but they were saying that their their son said something like, I think black vampires can walk out in the sun because they have melanin. And I was like, melanin. That is a book, girl. I was like, that is, that is good. <laughs> I was like, that is a book, girl. I was like, please yes. write it. <laughs> Vampire just walking amongst us with melanin out here in the sun, not being phased like 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 blade or something. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you need to you need to write. Somebody needs to write that. Um but finally when it's all said and done one what does literary success look like to you and what do you want readers to say about the books you wrote um literary success to me is uh writing what i want um it is being obviously being compensated for that (laughs) oh yeah Um, and it's getting to do it you know as long as I want like I'm not pushed out because of a horrible industry or you know burnout or you know like finding a balance with the creative work um and feeling you know also um fulfilled by it like I want I want to enjoy like I don't want to hate writing (laughs) I think that would be such a sad um Con, you know results or um, state to be in to hate doing what I'm doing so just you know being compensated writing what I want and feeling fulfilled by it is what I see as success and I think I, I definitely think you're you're already doing that and that yeah. and what you're doing is resonating with your readers like I said mm-hmm. I'm a fan you got a fan <laughs> for life with me um so anything that you put out I'm going to be there I'm like oh maybe Grace got a new one y'all I need to read it it's on it's on I'm gonna put it on every list that I make oh. for the podcast so Thank yeah you, you definitely you definitely have a a, a, a um a fan in me so tell folks where they can reach you on social media and um how they can get your books um you can find me on social media literally everywhere at at mimi grace books and you can purchase uh or uh you can get it from the library if you request it there Mm -hmm. um but most retailers have my book so, you know, if you want to go Amazon, if you want to go indie, I know that uh, some indie bookstores, which I'm so grateful for, especially as an indie author that I have, that they're indie bookstores who carry my books. So um, you just have, I think books, bookshop, I, I think that's an American, American specific um, store that you can find indie stores. Through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're American, you can do that. Um but yeah, just wherever books are sold, mostly. Okay. Except like you know, like don't don't try to go Barnes and Barnes and Nobles, like the actual <laughs> physical store. I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> yeah, Mimi but, is, is is online. She's a, has a, has a super <laughs> awesome online presence, so she's yes. definitely online. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mimi. This has been amazing. Thank you for sitting out and talking to me. and um if you hold a second we'll talk offline but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast thank you for having me all right (laughs) once again i want to thank the wonderful mimi grace for joining me on the podcast once again you can find her everywhere on social media that's twitter instagram uh facebook bookbub at 
Mimi Grace Books. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Romance and Color. Join us next week. We'll have another author interview in our Romance in Color, Writing in Color series. You all take care and God bless. See you next week.